Welcome to the Real Family Therapy Podcast. It's your host, DJ Double OG. We got Are You Serious in the building. What's going on, brother? Not much, sir. Uh, we got Dad off today. He's uh, handling some business. Episode 18 of the Real Family Therapy Podcast. Uh, usually, just like every episode, we're going to start off with news that nobody uh, particularly cares about. And this week, I want to start off with some racist. It's a lot of racist stuff going on. So the first one was Walmart. I don't know if you heard about the Walmart email scandal. Did you hear about that? Are you serious? No? Uh-uh. Wow. So Walmart <clears throat> sent out a group email. <clears throat> and the email started off with, welcome back to Walmart, N-word. But it didn't say N-word. It said the actual word. Well, obviously. So it said, welcome back to Walmart, N-word, and then had the regular place. So a lot of people got emails about this, and they got emails from it, and they screenshotted the emails and posted it on Twitter. In different websites, and Walmart responded and said it was a bad actor who hacked into client, uh, hacked into the Walmart thing. And, yeah, obviously, I don't think uh, the corporation would send that. Yeah, it was a bad actor, but it just goes to show you uh, the level of uh, stupidity and racism and uh, and the level of uh, antagonism that comes with racism. So I don't think people, you know, sometimes equate antagonism with racism, uh, but it's one in one. And I just thought that was, it was just funny that Walmart sending out emails saying, well, back, welcome back to Walmart, N-word. Because uh, sometimes that's probably how they feel. You know, when you walk back in the door, welcome back <laughs> I'll stay at the Walmart at Woodbury. Uh, but oh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. In other news, though, speaking of racism. Stay at the Walmart. I'll stay at Walmart, for real. Walmart and Target. Them is like, Target is closer, so I go to Target mostly. But yeah, I'll stay in Walmart and Target. Uh, Rick Santorum, the host from CNN, former senator, two-time presidential candidate. Rick Santorum has been fired from CNN. Uh, and I don't know if you heard about this one either. Are you serious? But he was fired by CNN for making racist statements about Native Americans. Um, yeah, did you I saw see a little. I seen the article of it. I didn't see what he said. I didn't get time to read the article or whatever because I get like the little. It looks like he was at an, at an event and he was trying to pander to Judeo Christianity. And uh, what exact words was that this country was based on Judeo-Christian principles and that white settlers birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there was nothing here, is what he said. Then he added, I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but candidly, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. Uh, and those are his direct words. And then he went on to just keep spewing ignorance. Um, and all you literally, like, I mean... I guess you could just say why. So why was there no Native American culture and American culture? Why? Mm, could be that they killed them all. Yeah. Why? Why was it? Easy. That's easy to do. So I seen a, uh, uh, <clears throat> I just thought, you know, racism always, it's like, it's like they say the cream rises to the top. Racism always pops his ugly head eventually. Uh, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, eventually, uh, if you are racist or have them thoughts, they're going to come out. And nowadays, 
when they come out, 90% of the time they are going to be recorded, uh, which is, you know, what happens. And, you know, of course, racism towards Native Americans isn't something that we think about a lot. And the reason why is because they've killed so many Native Americans and then they turn around and gave them a bag of money. <clears throat> so, gave who a bag of money? Native Americans. Yeah. They gave some, not all. They, everybody that claims Native American, you're getting a bag of money, bro. Yeah, but it's with stipulations and things like that. So, like, it's it's not as lucrative. Like, when you, like, look up the, like, uh, poverty levels of Native Americans and look up the uh, discrepancies in education for Native Americans and look up their their different, uh, their setups. So, like, that's just something that, like, once again, the uh, propaganda they put up to make it seem like they're better off than what they are. So, I mean, just, just look up some of that stuff because it, it's uh, it's telling. Like, if you look at the people with the lowest education and the lowest poverty and all this other stuff, Native Americans, that other, they be in there. Like, if you look at the other, because they like to throw them in the other, which is disrespectful. But because of the size of how many they are, they don't figure they need to actually look at them. But if you look at per capita type of situations, they're... They're not doing too well. But even if you look at uh South South Minneapolis, right off our cedar, you telling me all them Native Americans is balling over there? You're right, because not yeah. all Native Americans give money. Yeah. So it depends yeah. on the tribe that you're in. And mm -hmm. the thing about Native Americans is their leader of their tribe makes the decisions for that tribe. So sometimes you got good leaders and sometimes you got bad leaders. Sometimes you have a good council, sometimes you have a bad council. So a lot of those times, those councils, the Native American land and councils are all affected. So <clears throat> I'm going to give you an example of something that I know personally, because I know these people, but like the Mystic Lake tribe. I say Mystic Lake because those Native Americans, that tribe owns that casino, Mystic Lake. And in Minnesota, a lot of Native Americans own, Native Americans own all of the big casinos. Uh, <clears throat> there's another casino, um, Treasure Island. And uh, that's another casino owned by Native Americans. So I know people on both of those lands, right? So the Treasure Islands are not, Treasure Island tribe is not as rich as the people at Mystic Lake, but they all still get a bag. So I know personally, if you're at Mystic and you're in that tribe and you live on that land, you receive $100,000 a month uh, from shares from the casino and the profits. And then you also get a government, um, pension every month as well yeah and but the children like, get it from birth so just imagine getting a hundred thousand dollars from birth okay so I'll, I'll give you an example until you right? turn 18 i'll give you an example so let's but that's, that's like, real though yeah 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 so but i'll just give like once again that's perfectly real but i'm talking about the totality of native americans right so you got that group or those groups they get bread there's no doubt about it but that doesn't mean that the majority of them aren't are in poverty stricken. So that's why I said if you look at the NBA, the NFL, social media, the comedians, the actors, white people will sit there and say, well, all black people are fine. Look at all these millionaires and look at all these rich white black people. Black people are perfectly fine. There's nothing holding them back. There's no problem in the black community when it comes to income and money because they're all getting money. Look at them. They all got nice cars. They all got... So what you see, yes, 
you see a lot of black people prospering. You see a lot of black entrepreneurs. You see a lot of black athletes that are making millions on top of millions of dollars. They're on television. There it is. So every time you see them, you see a large number of black people making money. But the majority of the black people in America are in poverty and they're under 40, you know, they average, the average black male averages only $40,000, a what is it? $40,000 a year or something like that is the average uh, black male income or it's something lower than that. But so that's what I'm saying. Like you have those groups, but there's a lot of groups that are struggling. There's a lot of groups that are, um, that are really poverty stricken. Now, hold on, but wait, let me tell you one thing though, that is true. Yeah. Every Native American gets a check for just for being Native American. Okay. But I just told you that the average median of an of the Native Americans is thirty-two thousand dollars a year. Yeah, but they that's still, not balling. Not not ball. Okay. The Mystic Lake tribe is called the Minwakanans Shoes. Okay. Right, but those Walk are exceptions. I'm saying so that's Shakopee, not the norm. Minwakanans Sioux, and the Treasure Island Casino tribe is called the Prairie Island Indian Community. Right. So right. Prairie Island Indian community, for you to live on that property, you get $35,000 a month through Treasure right. Island. So these are the ballers, right? So the Mystic Lake tribe is the top of the top right. of the Native American community. So I don't, I, I, I do want to clarify that because you are right. right. But they right. do get $100,000 a month for living on the property. When you go to Shakopee, <clears throat> which is where the Shakopee Minwaka Sioux community is, and you go on their land, every house is a seven, eight, ten bedroom mansion. Every house has a lake, a pool, a like it's a community of millionaires. From the age of zero, the birth until 18, the children stack a hundred thousand dollars every month that live on that tribe in there. So right. imagine if black people had the same opportunity for reparations as the Native Americans and also had the same opportunities to gain uh, capital. Yeah, but you have to look at We that. had our own land and we had our own set of rules that we live by and we're yeah, only policed by our own police. So Shakopee, Minwakas, and tribe police are different and the rules on right. the tribal land are right. different right. than... There, but they it's not like but it's not like they're off in the cut, you know what I'm saying? So like their land is here, but two mm -hmm. blocks down it's a Walmart. So it's what I would Donald. say then is that something isn't right then, right? So when I'm putting two and two together, something isn't something isn't adding up, right? So when we talk about that, for example, that situation, right? Yeah, yeah. So how is it that situation and those conditions? But yet the average is only thirty-three thousand. That one, one out of four is in poverty, and then one out of three doesn't have health insurance. Now let me give you so, another example. So my neighbor that lived upstairs when I stayed on Bush, you know the girl that lived upstairs from me, she's right. Native American. Her mother died, rest in peace. Uh, they're all Native American, but they don't live in those rich communities. They live in South Dakota. I think it was North Dakota. Uh -huh. So they live in a reservation in North Dakota. So uh -huh. they don't get $130,000 because there is no casino on their reservation. They just live on their reservation. So they, they get their money from the government. And then 
whatever else their community needs, they all pull together, but they're not all rich. So imagine everybody only getting $1,800 a month. Right. Yeah, you you broke because that's adding up. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's about the conditions in yeah. which they're getting these monies and where they're at. So, for example, like, they're like, yo, black people, we're going to give you $200,000 a year, right? But you only can stay in this area only. and You can't go nowhere and you can't get this and you can't get that. But you can police your own selves. You guys got your own law, but you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't build... They but there are a lot of restrictions. There are like there are a lot of restrictions they, in there. Okay. I'm so I'm reading it right money. now is what I'm trying to say. So right. So, so, but if you don't live on the land, you still get a check. It's just not as big, but you still. There get a you check. go, and that's what I'm trying to say. So, for example, on that land and in that situation, you're restricted on what you have and what you can do there. Like you, they have their own laws to a degree. You can do things to a degree, but there are certain stipulations that you can and cannot do, which restricts your ability to increase and you restricts your ability to actually grow. So there's no way that these people, you know, we're talking about are really going to let really going to be making sure that the Native Americans will be able to exceed and excel and do all these things. Do you, don't you think that they would have more? Don't you think that they would do more if that was the case, if it was not restricted, if it wasn't what it was? But what I'm saying is, Mm-hmm. As black people, speaking for as black people, we deserve reparations, right? And we have an example of what you could do with reparations, and we have an example mm-hmm. of what black people can do if they were able to form their own communities. And the example is right yeah. here in my face every day, right? Yeah, no. But what I'm saying is, no matter where they're at, they all receive a benefit from the United States government monthly. Now, the amounts differ depending on your community. So, you you know, yeah, somebody... That's why I just think that we need to... We, if we had a base where, okay, we understand what we did to you guys, Mm -hmm. we understand that we owe you, and this is what we're going to do. If they gave us the same thing that they gave the Native Americans, you don't think Black people as a whole would benefit tremendously? So what I would need to do is actually talk to Native American people and see what the other stipulations are, like all the stipulations and all the conditions in which they're talking about, because. OK, but we're only talking about the money. So I'm telling you the stipulations on the money. No, I'm not talking about like, but there has to be something else to that. The only reason why I say that is there's no way. That the average would be so low if everything was all peachy keen. So that's what I'm trying to say. There has to be something else, right? There has to be another catch. There has to be some other situation that's going on. Because if the poverty and the the, the things that I'm just now glancing at just by doing a quick Google search, there are some other type of things that are hitting them that we're not discussing outside of the, because everything isn't solved with money, right? So I can give you a million dollars, but if I restrict your access to this, or if your things are, if your conditioning and where you live is based off of something else where you can't do anything, like that means something because you can't grow in a dead area. Like you can't grow seeds in dead fertile. You can't grow and prosper in dead fertile. So if they're doing things that are giving them money, if I'm giving you bags of seeds, but the land that you're in can't grow, something is up. And I'm not the one to sit here and be like, well, Native Americans don't do this and they're lazy because that's what they do to us. Yeah, we don't know that. Because that's what they do to us. Yeah, it is based on the tribes, right? So I don't want to think like people just getting checks 
right? It's mailed to their house, but they are getting checks and it goes through the tribe, but which you, means you got a lot of opportunity for corruption, yeah. bad mismanagement. Yes. Good that's leaders. What every, that's what, that's what, what I'm trying to say as well. There's a like lot there's of different good things. Leaders the same and there's bad leaders. So you're right. There are different levels to it. It's not like everybody just get an individual check. But if you're connected to the tribe, and usually they go through the mother's lineage mm -hmm. to to verify your, your Native American. Yeah. So once you get tested and you find out you're Native American and you find out mm -hmm. what tribe you're going through, mm -hmm. then you have to register through that tribe. Mm -hmm. Now, that's where the probably catch come in because certain tribes have different regulations. Okay, certain so tribes give you different payouts based on whether you live on that reservation or not. All right, it's like there's a lot of stipulations, man. And if there's no if there's no opportunity on that reservation, then what are you going to do besides get that little seventeen hundred? Because once again, every the basically everything is set up capitalism, and everything is set up the way it is. So everybody can't be a business owner. Because if I had my own business and I'm there nine nine to five, you at your business nine to five, everybody else at their business nine to five, there ain't nobody gonna be shopping. Who working? Right. Who shopping? Who working? And who gonna be working for me to make sure that you know, like once again, like it's. It doesn't make any sense. So for that whole everybody can win, that's not how the that's not how America America's works is set that eighty percent of works. people are supposed to lose and twenty percent supposed to win, and that's being working generous to say to twenty. So eighty percent of the population has to lose for twenty percent to win. Yeah, that's how it's set up, man. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to watch this video. I want to show you this video. Um, I thought it was very inspiring. Um, mm -hmm. and I never heard it today. It's called, it's by Gil Scott Heron. I don't know if you heard this. It's called His Story. Yeah, I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing that. I was wondering about our yesterdays and digging through the rubble. And to say the least, somebody went to a hell of a lot of trouble to make sure that when we looked things up, we wouldn't fare too well. And we would come up with totally unreliable pictures of ourselves. But I've compiled what few facts I could, I mean, such as they are, to see if we could find out a little bit of something and this is what I got so far. First, white folks discovered Africa. They claimed it fair and square. Cecil Rose couldn't have been robbing nobody because hell, there wasn't nobody there. The white folks thought of all the civilization because there wasn't none around. How could the folks be civilized when wasn't nobody writing nothing down? And just to prove all of their suspicions, well, didn't take too long. They found out that there were whole tribes of people in plain sight running around with no clothes on. That's right. The men, the women, the young and the old righteous folks covered their eyes and no time was spent considering the environment. Hell no, this just wasn't civilized. And another piece of information they had, or at least this is what we were taught, is that unlike the civilized people of Europe, these tribal units actually fought. And yes, there was some crude implements and yes, there was primitive art, and yes, they were masters of hunting and fishing and courtesy came from the heart. And yes, there was love and medicine, religion, intertribal communication by drum, but no paper, no pencils, and no other utensils. And hell, these folks never even heard of a gun. And this is why the colonies came to stabilize the land because the dark continent had copper and gold and the discoverers had themselves a plan. They would discover all the places with promise. You didn't need no titles and deeds then they would appoint people to make everything legal, to sanction the trickery and greed. And back in the jungle, when the natives got restless, they would call it guerrilla attack. And they would never describe that the folks finally got wise and decided that they would fight back. 
And still, we are victims of word games. Semantics is always a bitch. Places once referred to as underdeveloped are now called mineral rich. And the game goes on eternally. Unity kept just beyond reach. Egypt and Libya used to be in Africa. They've now been moved to the Middle East. There are examples galore, I assure you. But if interpreting were left up to me, I'd be sure every time folks knew this version wasn't mine, which is why it is called his story. So <clears throat> it's kind of deep. Yeah. I never saw it. I don't know. I just wanted to I just wanted to throw a spotlight on Gil Scott Heron because it kind of wraps up and um yeah. kind of everything that we're talking about it is, they did to the Native Americans. It's just disturbing how we have so much information about what happened, but yet we not even we. It's just weird, like who who is this quote unquote people that just act like this stuff wasn't real and didn't happen, or they just make the excuse or they act like what what they did didn't do. That's why I said to the last episode or whatever, 16, I believe it's talking about the Crusades, like the way that they describe certain things to say mass massacre, like it's a massacre, like a multiple massacres but instead of saying we went around killing people we just say crusades we have high school teams that are called the crusaders you know so like it just goes into what he's saying like we have people you know the pilgrims and the the colonies and we just make it seem like these 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 uh these europeans indians yeah like they just make it like these europeans came over and just created something out of nothing and they just these these uh we need to appreciate and thank these these Europeans for coming over and doing what they did for our, for for America when yeah that's what Rick Santorum said when basically what it is it, it's like a big TikTok like you have somebody that actually created the content but you don't know them so what happens is somebody that's popular goes sees that TikTok and literally recreates it and then they get the accolades as if they're the funniest person in the world they're the one that get the sponsors. But yet the person who creates it gets nothing. And it's like, that's what that's what America was. It's a big TikTok. We were <laughs> sitting here giving people credit for something they didn't do. We're sitting there giving credit for people that we have to research and be like, oh, did you know that these three black women did all the calculations and did all the arithmetic to make sure that we're able to get to the moon? But yet we show all these white men that are in charge and the white, like, we give credit to the managers instead of the employees for the people who like that that actually do the work, and that's always weird to me. You give the CEO credit for a company when they literally didn't do any of it. They didn't do anything. Yeah, they didn't even come up with ninety percent of the ideas, and even the things that they did do, they said on a whim, and they have a team of people that make it happen. And like, uh, it's 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 disturbing. It's interesting, but it's disturbing at the same time. It's like, yo, what are we? What are we doing in these in these situations? It's like we continue to give praise to the people that don't don't actually do the work. And it's very it's very rare when you see people like once again, you'll give we give the president credit for things that he didn't do on a constant basis. Like he has ideas, but he has a team of people working day and night to make these things happen. Do you think the president actually is writing up any of these? Who writes these bills up word for word? Who constructs this stuff like, word for yeah. word? Like, that's the people that we need to know. Those are the people we need to talk about. Those are people we need to talk to. 
because they're creating the world. So we have these images of people who are leading, but the people who are actually doing the dirt, even the negative stuff that set up this stuff for the Native American, who wrote and constructed this setup so that Native Americans get free education, but they have to compete with everybody else in America for the same scholarship? Like that doesn't, I, I, we're giving credit to the wrong people for good things and we're giving the credit to the wrong people for bad things. Like there's a lot of bad people out there that just walk you know, with no dirt on them. And we have a lot of good people that walk around broke with no accolades. It's it's a very weird situation. And that's what, that's what I'm reading. That's what I got from that, that story. It's like, we, uh, we constantly just do that. And when you say that, it's a good transition uh, because that's, that's how it happens in life. Um, last week, Paul Mooney died uh, and uh, we all lamented yeah. Paul Mooney, right? And I used to say, I don't like Paul Mooney. And then you realize, well, you know, he wrote he, all of Richard Pryor's stuff, right? Not all, you know but he, you know what I'm saying. You, yeah. know what I'm you know he wrote a lot of jokes, and you know he wrote a but lot Eddie of Murphy. the movie screens that you like, and a lot of your favorite comics. And he a wrote lot of the Raw and Delirious. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, some of the movies that I love. He was back there in the background writing it. Somebody knocking on my door. Hold on. Yep, yeah. Pause. Yeah, so back to Paul Mooney. I was talking about Paul Mooney. He wrote a lot of the stuff that you like, a lot of the movies that I like, a lot of the things that I like, but I never liked the Paul Mooney. But I love Richard Pryor. And that's kind of exactly what you're saying. Like, the person who's responsible for a lot of the things that you like isn't the person that takes credit. And it's weird, but I mean, like for me, man, I just, I just, um, yeah, I just appreciate his comedy style. Um, obviously, he pushed people's a lot of a lot of buttons for people. Yeah, he was very. You know, he was he, he he was controversial in the way of what he was saying because it was some of it was too harsh and too true for some people. They didn't like it. He he made sure that he made sure that uh, at least uh, one white couple walked out every show. That was his goal. <laughs> So, I mean, you but, know, yeah, I think about a, him. He was great. He's a pioneer. And even um, I see Chappelle taking some of his swag in Chappelle's later sketches because Paul Mooney might be on there doing a comedy set and he really just talking to you. Yeah. For 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? He ain't really telling jokes. He just having a conversation. Sit on that stool and go to work. And that's kind of what I see Dave Chappelle doing lately. Like, he tell little jokes, but he really just having a conversation with the audience. Yes, brother. I'm telling you. It's amazing. Uh, in other news that nobody cares about, it's kind of serious and sad, but um, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, he committed suicide in jail. Hmm? Um, Jeffrey Epstein. He did what? They say he committed suicide in jail. You sure? So they are, the guards that were supposed to watch him are taking a plea deal. So, I guess the story's coming out initially that he actually did commit suicide in jail. And what happened was the guards that were supposed to watch him were uh, sleeping on the job, both of them for two hours that night. And at the same time that they believe he was killing himself, they were on their computers looking up furniture and motorcycle cars, motorcycle sales, internet furniture, and watching sports news. Uh, when he was discovered dead in their cell. So what they did was they uh, 
they made a false police report. So when they reported the incident, they made it seem like they were doing their checks every 15 minutes, which you're supposed to do. You're supposed to walk the hall every 15 minutes to check right. on people. Where they weren't doing that, they didn't walk the hall for, I think it was four or five hours that oh. night. And they were asleep most of the night during the shift. Mm. So now they got it. So they admitted the, to lying uh, and that they're going to take a plea deal. And the plea deal that they're getting is 100 hours of community service. Uh, and they're getting on probation. And uh, they got to also cooperate with an ongoing probe. So I, I think what that means is they're going to turn into snitches as well. <clears throat> Save their life. So it was, a, it was a big thing with Jeffrey Epstein because they didn't believe that he committed suicide because the fact that the police walked the yard every 15 minutes. So to Yeah, but out, again, though, if somebody... That just says that those guards weren't doing their job. That doesn't necessarily say that he committed suicide to me personally. That well, just says that they gave somebody, oh, they gave whoever wanted to kill him four to five hours to do whatever they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do because they wasn't paying attention. So if somebody's not yeah, paying attention to their job consistently. It's on camera. So they got, they got cameras of the cell block. Okay. So nobody really? went in and out of the cell. Okay. They got cameras of the cell block. And even from my experience, I know when you're on the tier, you're on recorded. So everybody that's on the tier is recorded. Okay. So, and he's in the, uh, he was in suicide watch, mm -hmm. which means he was in a segregated cell. So everybody that was in his cell block was on lockdown. So yeah. on the movies, yeah, it's easy to get in there, pay a guard, shank somebody up in the movies. In real life, it's almost impossible. But no, I'm just, I guess for me, it's hard to say, like, they wouldn't do it, but I could understand based off situation, that's how it is. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that that wouldn't be a possibility, being with the same people. We got the same government that confessed to attempting to kill and killing Martin Luther King. Yeah, Multiple times they attempted to kill him, as well as uh, Malcolm X. So I well, don't understand year long time ago okay. but um but yeah like they have i mean if it's the government it's a prison that you do what you want sure. but yeah, like i said if, if they have the video and they show it then yeah he committed suicide and i can understand that as well as if you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life as a pedophile then i wouldn't want to be around either so that makes sense why people would want to kill themselves as well in that situation so yeah because he's gonna be in jail first of all he's famous and he's a pedophile yeah and he raping little girls so he would have yeah. spent the rest of his life in that solitary, solitary segregation yeah, or, he, or he would have got stabbed up he would have been in solitary yeah, yeah he was in solitary so i understand so it makes um, sense now another thing i want to talk about and then we get up out of here it's real family therapy podcast Sorry, my camera's like that. Sorry, everybody got stared at this thing on my neck. It's a hair bump. I'm shaving. It's not a pimple. Um, but I want to talk about generational wealth. So we just got some really good news this week. That's really emotional week um, for our family. But the good news is that our brother and our co-host, Are You Serious, uh, has officially um broken generational poverty in our family for the rest of our lives not i'm not gonna get into details on how it's legal and he's doing it 
the right way. Uh, but I'm gonna let him tell you his story. Uh, well, but what I, I want to say is, it's rare that it happens, and I'm so proud to see it happening. And I'm so proud that it's my brother. Right. Yeah, so, go ahead, Tepper. Yeah, so I'm put in the position to be able to. So, like, when we talk about generational wealth, that's money you can't mess up. I can mess up anything I got right now easily. You know what I'm trying to say? If I get laid off, it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but what this is, is it's basically a, like, I, like I posted that thing when I posted. And what I was basically saying was, is that I learned this from Pops and Mom pushing me, right? So, like, Pops has always told me, like, what does that have to do with you? That's literally what he's always told me. Like, if I ever say, well, they, what does that have to do with you? And a lot of people, because of what they've experienced or what they've been through, they will tell you how you have to get to a certain thing or how you have to live your life, right? And the only way that you can do this is if you go by this, this, and this, right? Yeah. And there's millions of situations where that's not the case. But because they had to go that route, that means that you have to go that route, right? Or because the people that they've been around, they've only been able to do X, Y, and Z. So the only way that you'll be able to do X, Y, and Z is this route, right? So once again, I don't even have my bachelor's degree yet. I'm getting it on my way to it, but I don't have it yet. That wasn't even a criteria for this opportunity that I just got, right? That wasn't even a situation. They didn't even worry about that. That wasn't even referred to. That wasn't even a question asked because of my history and what I built up and what I worked for. So I planted seeds as we were talking before in 2016 for this opportunity now. Like I literally created something that now gave me this opportunity. So I really had to create my own position to a degree. I literally created my own position within a corporation, which is extremely hard to do. But because I the same way that I think and the same way I, I analyze stuff and the way that my mind works, it's like, you know, if I see something that's not working, I'll give you guys some recommendations on how to fix it or my suggestion on how to go about it or different ways that I've looked at other people that what they've done, not necessarily what I've done or what I would even do, but suggestions on that. So that's how I was able to create my current opportunity that I'm about to start next month. But it's like, we continue to tell people oh you got to go to school and you got to get a degree and you got to do this yes but it has to make sense like it has to like i didn't once again you can tell me but i didn't know i didn't know anything about an engineer when i was young did you never heard of an engineer i didn't know what you in college so i didn't know anything about being an engineer i didn't even know what that was i didn't know that was an option but if I knew back then, would I probably be an engineer now? I would say so, right? There's right. a lot of things you have to do to go that route. But my mind is triggered to go somewhere else because engineers and analysts are are kind of in the same field. Like I'm a consultant, but I mean, it's like your job is to create and and, and innovate. And that's what my job is, different spectrums. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just glad I'm out of the, the call center aspect, like, Listen, there's nothing like shout out to it. I, I mean, it, it took me this far, but I'm glad I'm outside of anything that has to do with a call center. Like I'll still be working with the call center aspect, but that's not anything that I do anymore. And oh my goodness, it's a, it's a, 
you know, because the only reason I said it is because it's the same thing with what I'm saying now is, is like they put you in a box of what you're capable of and what you can do. And that's, that's weird to me. And it's like, yo, man, I'm doing, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. And then the last thing that I think about is a phone call. Because I have to do all this research, or I have to look into this, or I have to look into that, or I have to create this, uh, this calculation, or I have to do this. I'm doing more math than anything. I'm doing more sum products than anything. People don't even know what's a sum product exactly. Like I'm doing all these crazy things. I'm doing weighted averages because people don't understand that it has. You have to have weighted at. Like for example, if I have 500 calls at 300 seconds and I have 6,000 calls at 200 seconds, I just don't divide that in half. You have to do a weighted average based off of the 500 and the 5,000 or 6,000, and then you come up with an average. Like it's it's more complicated than people think. And it's not, and if you, and if I just divide the number in half and call it a day, I'm giving you the wrong information. So like, there's a lot of different things that go along with what I do on a daily basis. And it has nothing to do with calls. It has nothing to do with a phone call. Like I just did some great work for somebody to help them do some financial forecasting for the future on this great business. So shout out to, shout out to the, the black girls, uh, greenhouse. They're an amazing group of women, amazing group. Like they had the initiative to build their own company and their own business, the greenhouse. And I salute every one of them because that's hard to do. And everybody has to do their part. But I mean, like I wanted to just make sure what I can do, if I can help you, I'll do it. You know what I'm trying to say? But like for me in this position of like the wealth thing, like I, I'm nowhere near where I want to be in money. Like I, if I'm not making at least three to 400, within the next 10 years, something went wrong. And that's a minimum. That's me going like bare minimum low. Like if I'm not making at least three to 400,000 within 10 years, something definitely went wrong. And me going, me making three to 400,000 in 10 years is like something wrong happened even at that. Even at that work. Right? Like, yo, like what in the world? Because there's a lot of people that would look at three to 400,000 like, ew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like if Bill Gates woke up. How do you live off of three to four hundred thousand dollars? Like, so my mentality, like, what was it? Uh, Hill Harper. I always tell this story. He came to my job through the uh, Black Employee Network. Shout out to Blue Shield for having a Black Employee Network, but they also have Pacific Asian Network and LGBTQ plus network and every all kind of these different things. So shout out to to Blue Shield. So it's because they're they're great. But um, Hill Harper, one of the speakers, because we've had. Uh, Angela Rye, we've had Cornell West, we have a lot of great people come, Van Jones, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but we, we had a lot of great people come. And he was like, okay, I want everybody to write down their dream job and their dream salary, right? Just whatever you can think of. Write down your dream job and your dream salary and whatever that is, just write it down on the paper, right? So everybody writes it down, right? And then he comes back to us like, 10, 15 minutes later, it's like, all right, now remember when I told you to write down your dream job and your dream salary? Now double that salary. And everybody's like, okay, they doubled the salary. He's like, now, if you were able to double the salary, why? <laughs> I told you, you can get whatever you wanted to get. I told you, you can make whatever you wanted to make. <laughs> and you telling me that I just gave you the opportunity to double it and you did? If you didn't put an affinity sign, then something's wrong. <laughs> Right, because I did that He's in like, my head. Like, I only want a million. He like, Son, we limit ourselves 
naturally. And what he was trying to say, and it obviously I'm telling you the story, so it stuck with me. It's like, yo, stop limiting yourself to what you can do. That makes no sense. Like if I just gave you unlimited opportunity, I would have just said infinity sign. There is no, there is no amount of money that I'm not going to make, right? That doesn't mean I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hoard all the money. I give away whatever. That's not the question. You don't have to go into the nuance of it. But what I'm saying is, is like we literally limit ourselves to what we can do. In the same way that you said in your head, like yo, I'm gonna do this job and get a million dollars of salary a year, and then I'll be good. All right, double it. All right, now I can get two million. Why would you limit yourself to one million? Right. Did right. Jeff? Did, did Bezos limit his salary to one million? Did Gates limit himself to one million? Like, there's a lot of people that don't that do that, and there's a lot of situations where you limit yourself. And for me personally, man, because of what my father taught me, and because of my mother, like it's a combination. My pops told me, "What does that have to do with you?" And my mother taught me about faith and my walk with God. So those two combined is a dangerous brother, because I don't have any 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 issues where I don't believe in myself. I don't have any low self esteem. I don't have any, I can't, or I don't know how. Every job is the same. I, unless I'm doing like some surgery or like doing like some engineer type stuff where you really have to, to know it. Most of these day-to-day -day jobs and these corporate, corporate situations, you can learn on the job because that's literally all you do because every mm -hmm. job does things differently. Mm -hmm. So you first have to learn that system and then you can expand from that, right? Because once again, if I'm a project manager and I'm a project manager at this company, but then I move to another company, I'm going to have to relearn how they do things over here because I can't do it the same way that I was doing at the company A at company B. So I might have the general sense of it, but I still have to learn. And if you're capable of learning on the job and you learn quickly, which most people have to because training is terrible at most positions, then you just have to go about it. So for me, I don't worry about the requirements of a job. Like that's, that's mean, I look at the description of what it is and do I feel like I can do that? Do I feel like I want to do that? It's not if I can, it's if I want to do that. Do I, do I feel like I can prosper in that? Do I feel like there's some type of growth in that? Like at my last position, I loved it to death, but they showed you, you're not growing in here. You're not moving up. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Y'all showed me that there's no growth. So there's time for me to move on and God blessed, I was able to do so. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, for me, like, and that's why I say like the wealth thing, generational wealth, I'm just making steps so that my, my future is prosperous and my family is prosperous in that same aspect. Like I want to do more for us more than I want to do for myself. And I wish that I had more time and we know why, but I wish I just had more time and I wish that I did more and I wish I could do more still. You know, and that's still on my head, but it's like, I'm not going to stop. <clears throat> no. And like, I'll, and I'll pursue, like I'm getting the bachelor's in July with the 3.83, probably it might be 3.85 if I can get these last ones at as high as I can get. So we'll see. But more than likely it'll be the 3.83, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not going to stop there. The only reason I'm stopping in July is because I have to wait until the next year until I can go into the master's program because I'm not trying to get no no student loan debt. So I'm going to go into there for free and I'm going to get this master's for free. And then I'm going to keep, you know, and I'm going to see what happens from there. But that's why I'm saying like, for me, the education is just a, it's just a tool. Cause it kind of goes to the conversation before it's like, yo, a degree that only gives you the ability to be a worker, 
but it's your mind state with that degree that's able to make you be an entrepreneur or something more than that. And we had this conversation before and it's like, I don't chase money. I, I can't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the feeling. It feels dirty to me, right? Like, oh, I'm a hustler. I'm down here trying to stack this money. and I can't, I, that's just not how I'm wired, man. So like for me, I feel like I have to get more into that, which is going to be tough. But I have to do that so that I, I can I can I can help more. I can help more people because a lot of people do that stuff so they can get theirs. I need to do it so I can help other people, man, because like there's more like the conversations and stuff that I'm seeing. I'm always helping somebody out. Always. That's just what I do. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, that that's fine. I'll help you, too. I'll help you while you're talking about me. How about that? Yeah. And and when I say generational wealth, uh, yeah. well, you know, the de- the tech the technical definition is money that you pass down from generation to generation, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, most people uh state, um, most people equate real estate to general wealth, uh, generational wealth, where you'll be able to pass down this house, like my yeah. neighbor that lives next door to me, right? For example. His house that he lives in is his great-grandmother's house. They bought that house in the 1920s. And he's just a benefactor of his great-grandmother buying that house in 1920. And now him and his wife, they raised their children in there. And then when he passed away, he's going to give it to his child. Right. It's in the middle of the hood. But, you know, if they decide to sell it, and from what she paid for it in 1920, it was probably like $30,000. Right now, these try to sell it, it's probably three hundred forty thousand yeah. dollars. But they're not gonna sell it; they just gonna. Keep but just it. the pressure of not having to generate a, uh, a payment every month for housing—that's the—that's ma- the major payment of any adult mm-hmm. is their living. Is their house? Yeah. That's the biggest expense that everyone has, and that's why they always be like, "You got to make two and a half times, three times as much as your rent, or whatever the case may be." As if your gross is what you actually bring in. That's another conversation, but yeah. So uh, when we say wealth, we're not gonna get into specifics, but our yeah. series definitely makes over a hundred. He's a six figure, you know what? <laughs> so we over a hundred thousand mark. Uh, uh, so that uh, that that equates the opportunity for you to be able to when you buy your home right to leave it to your children your children's children and be able to buy something that our parents tried you know they tried but we weren't in that we weren't in a position to keep i'll even give you something even greater like for me for example the thing that makes me happy and this is what pops instilled to me is that like yo my lady never works a day in her life again we're still okay True. You know I'm trying to say, and like for me, especially like, cause I'm going to have a child, like that's going to happen. Right. But when I have a child, I want my wife to be able to literally be able to take care of the child without worrying about having to go to work or to having that separation or worrying about who's going to watch the child while she has this meeting or is running late or things like that. Like, I'll take that burden and make sure that it's not a burden, but I'm not doing no long suffering either. So we all going to be chilling. Like I want to be able to put myself in a position where I'm an active father opposed to chasing money because that's not going to be good either. Like, so the positions that I'm putting myself in is that, yo, I still, you know, we got summer, summer hours. (laughs) So (laughs) no matter what on Friday, nothing after 2 PM, like stuff like that, Mm -hmm. where it really makes a difference. Like I get every holiday off. 
You know what I'm trying right. to say? Like that's just simple things right. like you that. Like, out, you could take a two week vacation, son, and I don't have to worry about it. I'm I I know and I'll willingly bring on. my work laptop just to make sure if anything else really cracks off, I'm able to assist. But it's not like it's not a requirement. And like for me, you know, I started working at Panera Bread and I worked there for seven and a half years. And people back then did not think that I was going to be too much or nothing. Let's be one. I'm going to be 100. I got a lot of Panera Bread. Not, not you, but you know what I'm saying. I got a lot of looks like um, Panera You work at, you ain't got a restaurant. You do food, sir. Like, that's a bad thing. And we got to stop that crap because I came from there. So what is that? You know what I'm trying to say? Y'all y'all giving me all this glory now. And I work way harder then than I do now. And y'all eat out every day. So you need them people. Son, like once again, I get more accolades and more respect for what I do now than I do when I work the hardest. And that's weird to me. Like when I was yeah. at Foot Locker, brother, I lost weight. Yeah. I didn't go to the gym. I just went to work. And I lost 30 pounds by going to work. Like it's it's like so like when we talk about like different things, oh, I just sell shoes, it's not that big. Man, if you've been to the back of a foot locker. <laughs> at the Mall of America where you got to climb a ladder and risk life and death to get a size six? <laughs> no. Y'all don't know about them struggles. And people be running back there. They got to climb up these ladders, pivot, and do gymnastics to reach this thing up there. And then you got to, like, because sometimes them shoes be up there. Oh, you you got to go no, somewhere. I don't want them. Right. Want them. And okay. once again, you going back and forth. So, I mean, it's like, for me, man, it's like, I think that there's a lot of self-doubt in those situations where people think like you can't do something based off of your current situation, they'll count you out. Well, you just working here. I know a lot of people probably looking now like, hold on, he he's a consultant. What in California? Mm-hmm. Hi, wasn't he? Wasn't he without a job? I thought he didn't have a job at one time. Wasn't he? Yeah. Wasn't oh, he working at Buffalo Wild Wings? Right. What's do for Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Wings? Right. Yes, I was working right. at Buffalo Wild Wings. I was grinding. Like I got more. This is the one thing that always made me upset. When I was working at that trash insurance, American Income Life, don't ever work there. Yeah, I said it. If I, When I was working at American Income Life, mm-hmm. that trash place, and I was getting $250 a week just because I had on a tie and dress pants, people gave me more respect than I did working for those other at Foot Locker, for example, just because I had the referee shirt on, but I was making 60,000 60, there, dang near, before I, before I left there. But it's like, you'll give me more respect just because of what you think than what actually it is. And that's why, like, I have a weird perception. I, I, don't, I don't have the same perception as most people do when it comes to work and stuff like that because I know it's all trash. Like, just because you got a suit on or you work in an office, that don't mean your job is cool. That don't mean you better off. You could be working at these call centers, getting trash pay, getting treated like crap. But just because you got two breaks and a lunch, you think you special? Like, y'all better chill. Because, like, when I was working. That's how it is. Son, I was getting uh, $35,000 a year when I first started at United Health Group, bro. In 2010. That's when I switched over to corporate. In 2010. So I started in August 2010. And even before that, I was working at Best Buy. I was making more at the cell phone center at Best Buy than I was at United Health Group with the suit and tie, with the dress tie and the dress shoes. But because of the perception, 
then people treat you better or treat you a certain way. And I don't like that crap, man. Yeah. At one point, I was making more money driving cabs than I was working at the welfare office. Son. And then everything went to... Yeah, but I'm just saying, it's like, like we we tend to give people certain, we give people more respect about what they do for a terrible job that they have no no view about because they work in an office, like an office is the place to be. It's not. It's the worst. Listen, First and foremost, it's the most gangster place you can ever be, because these people will cut your throat and you got to smile in your face while they cutting your throat. So it's like, we we gotta, we gotta, we gotta change the perception. So yeah, I'm doing, I'm continuing to grow. I'm continuing to go higher, and I got to thank God and the people surrounding me, my girl that supports me. Like, But see, and what people don't realize, a lot of these family. times when people tell you these stories, they they hear him, and, you know, we congratulating him because of the, the, the point that he's at right now. But like he just said, so, um, it started at Panera Bread. What like, I figured out at Panera Bread got me here. Yeah. It's funny. Pan- Panini's got me six figures. Literally. Literally. You want to know how? We were paninis and fruit cups is literally how I got to where I'm at. And this is how I process and this is how it works, right? So what happened was that at Panera Bread, you sell you have to make fruit cups for the mornings, but then they go bad by the end of the day, obviously, because they're just fruit cups sitting there. And then the same with paninis, you have to warm them up for like 30 minutes, then you can toast them and then you can serve them to people. But if they're in there too long, they go bad and you waste it. So what I had to figure out is, okay, when are we selling these things and at what time, right? So how many are we selling on an average on a Monday at 9 a.m. compared to how many how many fruit cups are we selling at 8 a.m. on a Monday average? How many paninis are we selling at, a, at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday average? So I literally just went in the back and was like, yo, man, we got to figure out something better. So I just went on my went on the computer and started making Excel sheets. And all I did was have every single day and based off of what we were selling, I would literally mark down how many we sold. I would get an average and I would see a pattern. And then based on that pattern, I'd be like, all right, y'all. So at 10 o'clock, you put these in and put this amount in. When that's done, then you put this amount at this time. So what it did was it made sure that when we needed it, we had it. But it also, we didn't lose a lot as well. So we didn't have food loss. We didn't have any type of food costs didn't go down. Food costs went down. Profits went up because we had the product when people wanted it, but we didn't waste it. Mm. And that's literally how I started this forecasting and how I started to calculate stuff and how I started to figure things out. But if but if someone else talked to me, I just work at, I just make sandwiches for a living. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? But I'm sitting here doing see. corporate mm. work that people get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for sitting here at sitting here at the at the other job minding my business doing that stuff and people don't realize this stuff it's like so stop putting people in a box you don't know what they do and to be honest corporate is the most laziest people in the world because there's literally a position for everything you have somebody that does the budgeting but you have 10 people that do the budgeting you have somebody that does this but you have 10 people that do that in different aspects you have somebody that does this, but you have 10 people to do that. At, at Foot Locker, I was HR, I was a manager, I was a trainer, I was a forecaster. I'd had to do everything myself. I was a sales rep. Mm-hmm. I was a stock boy. Like, y'all sitting here living pretty. I ain't getting no lunches and breaks and all this other stuff. I had to time out when I can go to the bathroom. That's why I can hold my, that's why I can go nine hours and not go to the bathroom right now to this day. I can travel a whole day and not go to the bathroom because I'm mentally set to be able to be like, all right, 
I know I can't go to the bathroom this amount of time. So I need to figure out to make sure that I can hold it. I don't have that luxury. Oh, I got to run to the bathroom real quick. No, I got a room full of people and I'm the only one here. So if I go to the bathroom, all my stuff is gone. Gone. So literally you was the only one at the store. Son, from nine o'clock until three or four o'clock, I'm there because I didn't get the staffing hours to be able to staff during the day sometimes. So a lot of times I'm there by myself. So I have to time it out. All right, first thing in the morning, go to the bathroom. Then I won't be able to go to the bathroom until five o'clock. That's literally how my body works now. Creating so I can go other people, time, rotation. Okay, if this person Son. in here, do I got somebody on backup? Okay. Like when Ooh, I just flew home, when I just flew home, I didn't go, I just realized I didn't go to the bathroom from 4 a.m. until 7 p.m. I didn't use the bathroom once. And I'm eating and drinking. You gotta get that. Or I'll out. limit, or I'll limit my drinking, or I'll limit my appetite. My appetite and my 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 thirst will automatically decrease off natural. So I won't be hungry when I travel. I'm not hungry when I travel, not at all. I'm not thirsty when I travel. I was on a four hour flight, didn't drink one thing. I missed it on my flight home. I I missed the service. I didn't I didn't drink one thing. I didn't go to the bathroom. You know what I'm trying to say? Because I'm able to do that because of my history in the past, and I automatically just think of yo. It's just my body automatically goes into that mode. So when people sit there and talk about, oh, you're doing, nah, I should have got that credit back at Panera Bread. I should have got this credit back when I was at Foot Locker. I should have got this type of accolades when I was back at Buffalo Wild Wings because that's when I was putting in the work. This stuff is easy. Like I'm you know, working so to funny, a degree. I used to brag about my brother's jobs my whole, your whole life. I used to brag to people like, yeah, my brother worked at Foot Locker. Like, he got all the shit. <laughs> my brother work at Buffalo Wild Wings. I ain't even hungry at this crib. But every job, I was always proud of you. So it's just like another job, and I'm still proud of what you do. Yeah, man. So I'm still, yeah. you know, I'm, a, I'm a consultant. Shout out to Harry Potter. My Griffins are changed. I'm a, I don't know nothing about that, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a consultant. A level, a higher consultant level now than I was before. But it's like. You know, and this gives me the ability to, all right, well, maybe I can just do some subcontracting. I can just do it myself, some individual consulting work. That's what I just did for the other businesses. Mm -hmm. I can continue to do that as well. I can help other people. If I see a small, like, like when I go into a small black business, I literally am looking at things like, all right, if they just do this and do that and do this, then they can probably work out better. Like they keep running out of this because they're not planning for it because they're not seeing how much they're selling at this amount of time when they're selling it and what they need to prep to do. So instead of coming in at six o'clock, maybe they should come in at five o'clock. So that way they can do this, this, and this. And then when they leave, they don't have to worry about that. Or even like the cleaning aspect of a lot of these places. Like, son, if you have employees, they want to go home. All you got to do is say, listen, before all you got to do, clean that and you can go. What? What? Oh, all right, it's cool. It's all done. Can I go now? Bet. Then you're good. You can do a lot of, you can have a clean, spotless place. You can have orders set. You can have stuff done as long as you make that a goal. Like I, even at Foot Locker, I sold the most stuff, not because I was telling people they got to sell, they got to sell. I was like, you can't beat me. And half the time I'm doing paperwork, beat me. How am I able to outsell you and I'm doing paperwork half the day? I just had to put the inventory up. Why do I have more sales than you? You whack, beat me. <laughs> I, I thought you was bad. I thought you was cool beat me and that's what would happen we'd have competitions literally it wasn't even about the paycheck and i learned that from uh shannon let me be straight up honest shannon was like yo y'all gotta beat me 
she was the training manager at Foot Locker. She was a mean one, but she 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 knew how to get them get that stuff up. So I learned that from her. It's like, yo, man, you got to beat me. You can't be talking all this. You want to be this and you want to be a manager and you want to do that. And you can't even beat me. And I'm not even working half the time you are. Come on. So hey, there's different ways you this, can motivate people. I used to work at this place uh, doing telemarketing, right? Mm-hmm. We used to do the same competitions where we tricking old people to donate money to these causes that really ain't even getting the money. So we would have competitions and the competitions will get you up so much and we're not even competing for nothing. Maybe like bragging rights, right. $5, $10, you know what I'm saying? $15 here and there. Mm-hmm. But we'll get excited and make this company $20,000 that hour and everybody yeah. in there is working hard as they can for $20 and we just made this company $20,000 and they motivate us by giving us a $20 uh, prize to go after because y'all we all make $8 an hour anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, uh, yeah, your motivation is crazy, man. Um, that's how it works, though. Yeah, literally. It's DJ Double OG. We are Are You Serious? This is Real Family Therapy Podcast. Man, again, we want to congratulate Are You Serious on his promotion, the new job, new pay rate. He was already balling, but now it's just to a whole nother level. And, um, you know, it's it's crazy because nobody in our family that I know, cousins, aunties, uncles, grandmothers, um, Literally, I'm thinking right now, I don't know anybody in our family that owns a home. Does uh, Uncle Reggie? I don't think they own his home in Texas. He might they be might. paying mortgage. He might be. I'm they might. Ask. I think they do. I think they do. I don't know. How long has he had? I don't know. Because I thought he just moved. Maybe he just bought it recently or something. I thought it was like six know. years ago they moved from Houston or somewhere else. Either way it goes. Maybe that's maybe Uncle Reggie. Your name Reggie, so that's crazy. Maybe Uncle Reggie, but I really can't think of nobody. And I'm talking about in our media family. I'm talking about my mom's side of the family. I'm talking about dad's side of the family. I'm talking about even my wife's family. Uh, her grandma owns her home. Her grandma does. Uh, but she don't own it because she still got to pay mortgage because so she refinanced it. She eight yeah. years old, so she ain't going to never pay it off. So she's not going to be able to leave that to her children with a mortgage. You know what I'm saying? So you just had an opportunity to do something that nobody in our family has ever done. And that's big. And it's sad at the same time because it shows you, you know, where yeah. our family comes from. You know what I'm saying? And how and how poverty is just so ingrained in the communities. Son, like it it's takes so weird, long like... for you to get out of it. So like I even I compare like with my girl's family and like their structure and it's like, yeah, like we don't have <laughs> anybody balling in our family. And That's I mean it. the history yeah. of the family, like the, the years and years of the family. Like we don't have no baller ballers in our family. Like we don't have anybody's like well, nah, got people that got good jobs. Like, yo, just call me? up Uncle, Uncle, da, 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 or Aunt, blah, 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 and they got all them. We don't have none of that. that. And we was even talking before, like, yo, do you understand my parents have never had their own shower? Yeah. Never had their own bathroom. I mean, like, 
shower. Like they had a toilet and a sink in that little closet, but they've never had their own ensuite. They never had their own shower. Like they've always shared it with us. So there's little things that people just be like, you know, I was having a conversation. It's like, yo, like we've never even had, like that stuff didn't even, I don't even process like that. A lot of the things that I even think about, I don't even process. It's like, it's not even, you know, and I'm not saying that we broke, broke and we didn't have nothing, but it's like, cause we had a house, but it just literally wasn't a, there wasn't an on suite in that situation. You had to think like, oh, okay. Like, so there's a lot of different things that I know, like for me, it's just hard. And I have to have those conversations. We same house our whole lives. Yeah. Like, that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Like, yeah, we had a crib, but, like, some people grow up in the house. Yeah. Like, how do you grow up in a house? You know what I'm saying? We grew up in this crib, this crib, this crib, this crib. I lived over here. But then we stayed there, and then we, like, yeah, it's like it's a moving around type of situation. But it's like. like, literally have a house that they grow up in from childhood to adulthood, and then they come back, like, like the neighbor next door. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you got to buy a house right now or nothing like that. I'm just saying, on this market, what you're doing, what you're doing <laughs> you, you actually are somebody that we can, like, okay, with me and Bernita right now, I'm going to give you a real example. We looking for a crib, but it's based on this, this, and this, right? So <laughs> we got to look for a crib. I'm looking for a house. She looking for a house. Our credit scores are like 650. So we're like, okay, well, we can get it up to seven. Then we can get it down to here and here. And then we can do this. But we want to qualify for a house that's on $257,000. So we got to look in here. And not even just houses, but, but like cars. You know what I'm saying? You can only buy, I got $12,000 limit. You in a position to have a house, a car, and some money in your pocket. Whereas, you know, most people be like a house, a house, a used car, and a little bit of money or I can have a new car, some money, but no house. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, my Camaro is paid off. I'm not messing with no car payments for oh, a never, while, man. I never, man. What? I don't. I hate car notes. My car not even. My, listen, my car not even that much, but I don't. But yeah, but it's like I know what you're saying, though, and it makes sense. Like, like it, it makes is. Sense, like nobody in like, my family, even Trish, I give you my wife's family. Nobody in her family ever even have a job, man. Just imagine going your whole life and your dad ain't never had a job. But that goes back to the callback of the Native Americans. It's like, yo, something's going on. Something ain't right. Something's set up wrong. What's going on? Like, we live off the... Like, her family grew up. All she know, like, it's crazy. I wish I could tell... I'm a writer. I told her I'm going to tell a movie about her life. But just Mm -hmm. imagine growing up and all you know is stealing, robbing, hustling. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what Mm -hmm. your parents are teaching you. This is how we survive. To survive, though. Because they don't yeah, see anything else and they don't job. know. Like, once again, if you don't know, then how can you tell somebody else and teach somebody else under you unless you know we'll go look it well, up? Imagine, now that train just going. Now she, yeah. found, now she found somebody like me, which is the total opposite. Like, I right. grew up the total opposite. We grew up, you work a job, and that's how you live. Mm-hmm. So imagine if she would have met somebody who thinks like her, mm-hmm. her family. And then how far the generation generational thing to go, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. My mama taught me that. You teaching them that. You teaching them that. Yeah. that you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it can go on forever. So, when somebody gets out of that generational curse, like we just said, my, my mom and dad's side of the family, nobody's ever had nothing. 
So you're yeah. gonna be the first one. It's really important and it's big, man. And you know, because I mean, a lot of stuff they try to keep yeah, away man. from us. So like, they don't teach you how to prosperly live, like when you go to school. Like, and that's always been an issue for a lot of people, especially in like the black community as well. It's like, man, like you have to go get certain classes to learn how to do your taxes. Something that everyone has to do, which is very, very strange, right? So if everybody that works and earns money has to pay taxes, why is that not a criteria for high school? For you to learn and know how to do that. Why Everybody tells you to buy a house. Everybody tells you to get a house. But why is that not a structure class for oh, high school? But I got foods for the world three times, foods for fitness, all sports and winter sports. Y'all couldn't have filled those up with different options, but there aren't those options, right, for those elective classes. So, like, you can have that criteria to be like, okay, home buying and real estate. You know what I'm trying to say? Credit. Building credit and exactly what is credit. Because everybody says get good credit, but no one tells you what it is or how to get it and what factors into it. So you have to learn yourself. You have to try to teach yourself, which isn't good if you don't have the base for the, for the educations. So some self-teaching some self self things are good, but some things you need somebody to guide you with and to help you with. I'd rather so I have to take, teach me about real estate and credit than how to solve right. it. But I'm too busy trying to survive to have to add on extra things to learn sometimes. So some people don't have that extra time to learn. So they're like, why don't you teach yourself? Well, because I have to go to work. I don't have time for that. I got to work two, three jobs. When do I have time to learn this? When do I have yeah. time to go to school? When do I have time to do this? Like, son, yeah. I'm in high school working 40 hours a week yeah, <laughs> and playing mother. football. How do you have a child and go to school and work? That's almost impossible. It happens all the time. And people say it, but it's really almost impossible. Son, I'm talking kitchen. about high school on top of that. Yeah, it, yeah, anything, yeah. Like being but if you school. got a rent due, <laughs> if you got rent due, and you're, once again, you are a situation where edu uh, historically you don't have that education, you don't have that knowledge, it's like, man, come on, man, it's, they setting you up for failure. Yeah. But it's like, that's why, like, for me, man, I just want to, I don't want to, a lot of people, and it's the weirdest thing in the world, a lot of parents are doing things backwards, and I don't understand it. Well, I had to go through this, or so do you. What? I was on my own at 18, and I came out. Well, don't you want, didn't you wish that you had something different? Well, it made me who I am. Well, don't that's, you think you could have been better? You sound like my wife. I'm telling you, that's you how been, you could have been. You could have excelled more. You could have done more. You could have be more. Yeah. Like if you had different, if you had a different background, do you think that you would be okay with this situation? Do you think that you want your, I don't want my child to have to do anything that I did, right? I don't want my child to work until they're out of college, my G. I want you to do internships. That's the only thing I want my child to do is internships. That's it. If they want to do internships for education and things like that, I'm all for it. Yeah. But if they have to actually have to work to earn money, I'm cool on it. Because to me, that doesn't tell me anything, but you just, you learn how to work. You don't learn how to, that doesn't teach you responsibility in the aspect of, sure. of anything. You teach your child responsibility. You teach your child hard work. You teach your child these things. The job doesn't teach them that. The job teaches them to be bitter. The job teaches them traitory, I mean, traitors and snakes in the grass and all this other negative stuff that comes along with work. 
You got to deal with somebody trying to cut you off and trying to stop you from being prosperous at work. You got a manager that don't care about you, but wants you to work because it, it impacts their life. Like jobs don't teach you that, teach you the responsibilities and the work hard and the ethics and all the other crap. You teach yourself that from that, but you can teach your child that without having to go through the hard labor. I'm a firm believer. I don't believe in long suffering. I don't know why Christians love that crap. They like thrive off of it. Long suffering. Like that's something to be proud of. Man, I ain't eat for weeks. That's terrible. <laughs> I just had steakums. It was delicious. It was on sale at the grocery store. Like, I don't understand the, the passion with the struggle. Like, I don't believe that you have to have struggle to be a great person. I don't believe that you have to be struggling to do this. If you embed the things that you want your child to learn, then they'll learn that. If you talk to them and teach them instead of sitting them in front of a freaking iPad or the, or the, or the television, they on YouTube more than they on anything else. Right especially nowadays with being stuck in the house and things like that. So you have to take time to make sure that you're educating your children the way that you want them to be as adults and then let, let nature happen. Yeah, I think you only can show them so much. Yeah, I find myself doing that sometimes too. Uh, and Trisha checks me on a regular and nothing big, but like, um, you know, when we grew up, okay, just imagine this is your cup. We know what that sound means. Hey, I shouldn't be hearing no shaking. That means my, my cup is empty. Fill I it up. I'm the drink. So we train like this. So I make my kids, not all the time, but a lot of the times, I make them get Kool-Aid, make Kool-Aid, give me something to drink. And Trisha That's like, not a problem. Trisha like, but, but she like, why would you do that? I'm like, because my dad did that to me. So I'm doing that to my kids. She like, right, that's why I don't want you to do that. Because we grew up, we grew up like that, where my mama made me get everything for her, and my mama made me do all that. So I don't want my kids to have to go through that. And it made me think like, wow, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't like that when I was a kid. It wasn't I didn't fun. have a problem with it. You know what I'm saying? But it was it was they told me I was the fastest person. So I mean I felt hey. I was fast. That's what y'all <laughs> used to tease me. Bernita told Aaron yesterday, she like, uh, your dad told you you're the best Kool-Aid maker, huh? Don't believe him, because my dad used to say that all the time. He just said it so you can make some more Kool-Aid. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on, he, he got to make sugar-free Kool-Aid. But in certain circumstances, that can work, because it helped me be a cook, and now I can cook my butt off. True. But Pops used to tell me, yo, I like the way you make that. You do good at that. So when I came home and there was cake batter on the table, and he wanted me to bake a cake or whatever the case may be, because you was gone by then, by like my senior, junior and senior year, you was yeah. gone. So, like, yeah, he would just be like, yo, make this, make that, make this, make that. And I would just love doing it. And it helped me understand. And that's why I took Foods of the World and cooking for. To learn how to cook. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because we find ourselves as parents. And it's good that that you recognize it now. And you yeah. will recognize it, too, when you have them. And I'm that says I got somebody that's with me that helps me that reminds me the same way Trish does with you. Yeah, I'm glad so I she, got that. She encourages me on different things of growing, so I have to get out of certain boxes and expand certain things. But I'm also open to try a lot of new things. My thing is, I'm just not going to initiate most of it. But if you ask me, yeah, I'll do it. Cool, no problem. Mm -hmm. But don't don't expect me to be like, hey, you want to go hiking next week? No, I'm mm -hmm. not going to do it. But if you ask me, hey, you want to go hiking next week? Sure, I ain't doing nothing. Let's go. Right, let's try it out. Oh, yeah. You want to go kayaking? Yeah. Let's get on these kayaks and get on down. Oh, I have yeah. no problem with that. We passing on traditional or uh, family yeah, trauma. Man. 
So but, uh, we also gonna be passing on family wealth. Just try to be better than and, the last. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely like on. pops. He made. A, a I don't even know how pops is pops, especially with his background and wow, he grew up. He's exceeded all expectations of any man in history based off of how he grew up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. so for Pops... He ain't here, so I'm going to tell a quick story. He robbed the biggest church allegedly. Hey, we not going to talk Paul. about that, man. And of, now he like the biggest pastor. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. I said allegedly. But I'm just saying that's the transformation that, that we come through. Like, like he would, like he, the man he is today, nobody, even his mama, would have no. expected him to become. From growing up from where he was to where he is now. Not drinking, not smoking, not doing nothing. nothing. Daddy used to tell what that pop said it on here. If it was out there, I tried it. The only reason why I ain't tried because I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Pop said on the podcast. So it's not mm-hmm. like remember that one time we was smoke, we did acid and we broke into the room. You did what? Yeah. <laughs> like when I he told us that story on him. here. Yeah. I was like, yeah. whoa, whoa, what? That's just a normal Thursday? <laughs> like, you just pop acid and just... So it's like, Breaking the we're just out. trying to yeah. increase and do better. And that's all I want to do is, is go forward. Like, I make my mistakes. Am I perfect? No, there are people that probably hate my guts. People probably, some people probably think I'm a terrible person, right? But we all have our differences and we all make mistakes and we all do things that we're not all proud of, but we try to do things better. And I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm still going to do stupid stuff. All right, let's so end the podcast. Preaching, but we good. Yeah, no, we good. Let's end the podcast. I don't, we don't got no family uh, dad jokes. Um, his dad's not here. He handling business. Um, but it's all you serious is DJ Double OG. You got any last words before we get up out of here, bro, bro? Uh, I mean, man, like, I guess to sum it all up, one, uh, look into why somebody's in their situation, right? So it's easy to judge somebody based off of where they're at. And that's good or bad. So we can look at the homeless people that are the Native Americans that are, you know, homeless or whatever the case may be and be like, man, they get money. They just choose to be lazy. And Well, we didn't look into their situation. Mm-hmm. In the same way, you can look at a, uh, somebody that's rich or famous and be like, man, they just got it good. And we don't know what's going on in their life either. We don't even know how they got there as well. So there's a lot of different things. So for me personally, I just think we need to ask more questions opposed to assuming. True. Just ask. Just look into That's it. Do some question. research before just coming up with your own conclusion. <clears throat> and my last word, something that you say that I take to heart, and I and I, I, I try to teach this to other people too, um, is that you don't know what the end looks like. So somebody's situation right now, you don't know what their situation is going to turn out to be five, ten years from now. I'll give now. you that a prime example because so when I started at the the United Health Group. 2010 everybody started at the same position because of the new position we were we're working to see who can be the supervisors and managers and go up well the managers were set we were looking to see who's going to be supervisors in the leads right so everybody's busting their butt i'm knocking stuff out i'm top ranked person whatever case may be but i wasn't buddy buddy with the managers during the training so uh this one chick she was she became a manager i mean she became one of the leads and supervisors right that ended up being directly my supervisor now, we knew why she was a supervisor because of uh, it was how she acted and it was all best friends, buddy, buddy, whatever the case may be. But she was extremely inappropriate. I mean, extremely inappropriate. Talking about sex and sexual stuff all the time. I'm talking about innuendos out this world. 
crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. One time she came in talking about her hands were wrinkled like she was in the water. But you know why her hands yeah. were wrinkled from doing all that crap. So I'm talking about extremely inappropriate. So for yeah. me, trying to be in this new corporate and a black man, I'm like, listen, Here, right, how about this? I'm like, on. listen, nope. I was like, listen, man, like you're my supervisor, it's cool and all, but how about we, if it's not about work, how about we just not talk about stuff like that? Because I need to keep this appropriate and I need to keep it business-wise. She turns back, tells HR I was yelling and went off on her. Well, the management team. So they pulled me in the side office and I'm like, so she's saying the crazy stuff. I tell her I only want to be professional and I'm in here in the meeting with you guys because y'all buddy-buddy with her. All right, cool. I'll see how it goes. So she was trying to get me in trouble. Fast forward, I get a different position outside of that call center and she's still there at that call center, whatever the case may be. I get a call from a manager there at the old call center like, hey, I see what you're doing at this new pos- at your current position. I want you to come back and be the manager back here because you're familiar with it. You understand it, plus the stuff that you learned at your old job. All right, cool. And they're like, yeah, and you got um, you got a couple direct reports under you because I'm the manager. You got a couple of people under you. It has some people overseas, whatever the case may be. But I think you know her. But blah, 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 she'll be directly under you. And guess who it was? Oh, girl. My old supervisor. So just because we started off and you had a lead in front of me, that don't mean that three years later I wasn't your boss and you was asking me if you could take PTO. Nope, you got the late shift too. Enjoy being here till <laughs> 7 o'clock every night. Now, what I didn't do is be a jerk. So what I did do is like, listen, even though we had our situations, I'm going to show you what you should do and how to do it better. So what I did was I prepared her to take my position. I gave her opportunities to grow and educate herself. And when I left, she was able to take on that role as manager. Mm. So I helped her exceed her expectations and elevate. You see what I'm trying to say? So there's a lot of times where it's like you, and that's why I said you never know where someone's going to be because just because you're their manager today, it doesn't mean that you won't be reporting to them next week. And that's literally what happened. You tried to get me fired and you thought you was bad news. And next thing you know, three later, three years later, I'm your boss. <laughs> you have to ask me about everything. I'm signing gotcha. off your reviews. I'm making sure if you get your raise or not. So you got to be careful, man. Gotcha. It's right. That's how it happened. All right, man. Um, yeah, you never know what somebody's gonna be at, so don't judge them for today because you don't know what tomorrow looks like. Yes, uh, sir. DJ Double OG is are you serious, man? It's been a real family therapy podcast, episode 18. We miss you, Dad. We're gonna come out. Hey, we're gonna start having special guests come uh like to the Jarrow. podcast when, when OG's not here. Uh so y'all stay tuned for that. Peace out. Bye bye.